0: Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Tell Joe Biden and left wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
1: You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay,
2: we're live. I'm going to let the stream breathe just for a second. Make sure it's nice and stable for our great listeners. Welcome in, everybody, to a masked edition of the Huddle Up podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, our listeners have seriously gone crazy over these masks, dude, in a good way. We can't keep them on the shelf. Our third-party provider is emailing us, letting us, letting us know that uh, they're doing their best to keep up. And I think they're going to come in really good handy for everybody, too, after this word that shall go unnamed passes, because they're going to be really convenient for cold-weather football games.
3: Yeah, if we want to rob a, rob a bank as well, Chad, you want to go on a heist, you can throw one on. But <laughs> In all seriousness, it's good quality. It's it's made very well. It has good printing on it, clear printing. I'm waiting on mine personally. There's a giant backlog right now. I've gotten some people reaching out about their orders. It's what's going on right now. It's the number one issue when they're trying to satisfy all the orders for the net gators, but I'm excited for mine, Chad, and uh, you made me a believer
2: in them. I'm excited to get mine. <clears throat> well, one of the problems here is the there's joys, and sorrows to globalization. One of the joys is the convenience of ordering from Amazon and having something show up at your door the next day. But what we've unfortunately had to learn the hard way is when you rely on a country that is an authoritarian dictatorship and things go sideways and you're sourcing a lot of your products from that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. We don't know this for what it's worth, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of third party manufacturers of things like this they're just stuck in kind of the lurch having to find new sources because china you know it's hard to get stuff in and out of china right now and just everything that's been happening so we're we're trying to roll with the punches you guys bear with us your orders are not being forgotten and we're trying to reach out to you if there's a an inordinate delay on any one of your orders yeah.
3: Yeah, it's it's not on us. I hate to you know push off the blame from us, but it's it's our third-party distributor. They're completely backlogged right now with all the different stores, not just our store. It's a complete uh, merchandising stockpiling issue. They're coming out of Tijuana, Mexico now, Chad. That's the other warehouse. They diverted it from China. So anyone who's ordered a neckgater, anyone who's wondering where their order is, it's being fulfilled. It's on the you know the assembly assembly
2: line. It's coming soon. We got a couple of topics we want to get to tonight. It's good to be back with you guys after a day off. It's good to see you as well, my friend. Yep. You as well. Let's say hello, really quick to those who've been hanging out in the room. EJ, Robert, Darville, yes. Toy Mafia, Duke, what's going on? Biggie, FC, EA Shalom, Bronx Legend in the house. Dylan, what's going on, my friend? The Dream Catalyst. That's a that's a new listeners good to see you good to see you jeff what's going on jeff green charlie calvin anyway good to see you guys thank you for joining us we're going to talk a little bit about the recent i wouldn't even call it smoke anymore there's actually some fire to the whole jason peters excuse me to the to the broncos thing but there is a caveat we're going to get to that here in a minute i also want to touch on something that i thought was interesting nick kendall sent it my way earlier today that, as we all know, Colin Cowherd, big believer in Drew Locke. But he kind of took his belief in Locke to another level today on his show, The Herd. We're going to talk about that. First, though, guys, just a couple of really quick matters of business. You want to make sure, and again, we got to go through this, make sure all our new listeners know how to connect with us. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with our show in real time, and while you're at it, you want to also make sure you follow at Mile High Huddle on Twitter. That's how you ensure that you do not miss any breaking news on the Broncos analysis, etc. In real time, check that out. And then, if you're in a position, another thing you can do to support what we're doing here. Check out the merch store, HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. Get a hat. Get a, a face mask. Get a shirt. Not all items on the merch store have uh, backlogs or back orders or whatever. So it's just, the, it's just the face mask, as far as I'm aware right now. Slight delays maybe on yeah. some of the other things, but nothing extreme. So if you're in a position, that's great. We appreciate you. So many of you have already just hammered the store, and it has been eye-opening to us, and we really appreciate you. Every little bit counts. Every little bit helps keep the brand going, keep keeping us uh, the lights on, as it were. So, And if you're not in a position to do something like that, it's all good. One thing you can do, simply be in here is enough for us but if you really like what we're doing like this video you can share this video help us grow and reach new listeners
0: this is the overtime podcast network not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore the biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent,
2: Let's talk about uh, Jason Peters. Let me pull up the article really quick. So you and I were tagged, let me find this here, on the tweet yesterday from uh, one of our great listeners, Taylor. Taylor C. Is, is what I'll say. I don't want to give away his name if he doesn't want to give it away. And we were asked if there was any truth to the Mike Garofalo. I'll see a lot of people in media, including I think it was Albert Breer at SI, MMQB, you know, they're seeing that he's a prolific nine-time Pro Bowl left tackle out there sitting on the free agent market, Jason Peters. And they look around and they go, oh, well, the Broncos didn't sign a tackle and they didn't draft one. Connect those dots. I'm Sherlock Holmes. It would make a lot of sense for the Broncos to land Jason Peters. But other than just pure speculation and media just kind of connecting things, there was no real fire until Nicky Jabala weighed in on that very same Twitter thread and said the following, quote, The Broncos have talked to him, or his agent rather, but their plan for now is to see what they have with Garrett Bowles and Elijah Wilkinson battling for that left tackle job, close quote. So, again, there is some fire. It's not just smoke, but the caveat, Zach, is unfortunately one that fans just don't want to hear, and that is having to sit and wait to see how the competition between Bowles and Wilkinson shakes out first.
3: You're also taking Jabal at her word as well. She could be feeding the Broncos, feeding her information from a negotiating standpoint. Jason Peters can't could be leveraging teams, including the Broncos against the Eagles, if he wants to return there. Uh, there's many different factors at play, but it's, it's, it's encouraging to me that they've reached out at least. They touched base. They made minimal contact. To me, it's more than due diligence. They realize they cannot go into the season, Chad. Their top three tackles being Garrett Bowles, Juwan James, and Elijah Wilkinson. It just cannot be. Maybe they want to drag it out a little longer to bring down the price of these free agents. Maybe they're negotiating with Peters but keeping their eye on Cordy, and Kelvin Beachum as well. I still would be shocked if they go into 2020 with those three guys atop the depth chart.
2: All right, let me... Man, the Super Chats are going off right now, and we want to make sure we don't miss anybody. So let me just check the stream. I'm scrolling up real quick, making sure... I'll, I'll double-check this on the back end, but let's grab one or two Super Chats so they they don't get lost in the stream. Edward, one of our bona fide superstars. Really appreciate you, Edward. Thank you, Edward. And as always, we love the profile pic, rocking the Huddle Up Podcast football priest t-shirt, looking like a boss, $5 super. It's good to see you as well. Ed, seems like we haven't uh, seen you in the stream. He's probably been working, things going on. So uh, I speak for both of us. It's good to have you in this conversation, my friend, what's up guys. If everything goes to plan, the Keating family is moving to Denver. Can't wait. Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being. That's very cool. My friend, I'm trying to think Uh, you're in the East somewhere, right? You're in, I want to say Georgia or South Carolina or one of the Carolinas. Anyway, that's very cool. And that's going to put you in in the, in the Mecca as it were for the Broncos. You'll be close. You can go to games. You can tailgate. That's going to be a blast. Congrats on that. We'll keep our fingers crossed. And, and uh, be sure to pack
3: a lot of cold weather gear, a lot of snow gear, a lot of wet weather gear, the face mask can come in handy.
2: Hint, hint. That's right. That's right. Amen to that. But congrats on that. And uh, we'll keep our that's fingers awesome. crossed, my brother. Ben Roth jumping in $5 super. Appreciate you, Thank Ben. You, <laughs> if you're on Twitter, make sure you reach out and connect with us so that we can tag you and show you some love after this podcast, despite to leave a keep not being a perfect scheme fit for Fangio's defense. I would feel a lot better about our depth if at cornerback, if he signed a low cost, one year deal. I think, Zach, a lot of people share that sentiment, even if it weren't to leave adding one more veteran that's got a little, you know, a little bit longer in the tooth than what the Broncos have now. But we're seeing Prince of Mukamara off the market signing with the Raiders. Logan Ryan. Can't make up his mind. Is it the Jets? Is it the Dolphins? Sounds like he's going to sign with one of those two AFC East teams. Only time will tell. But that corner market is drying up quick. Your thoughts on the idea of bringing back? who I think he's 33 at this stage. might be even older than that. I'll, I'll Google it real quick. It'd be like bringing Demarius
3: Thomas back or TJ Ward back. They're older. They're not the same player as they once were. And it's all the nostalgia. It's all the fanfare about what they did in the past. And if Tlaib would come back now, he wouldn't be the same Aqib Tlaib as in years past. There's a reason why the Broncos got rid of him. Their bridges were kind of burned to begin with. And we all know Elway does not bring back notable former Broncos players. He's a fan favorite. He did a lot of good things in Denver. Same for Demarius Thomas. But it seems like once the
2: Broncos cut that cord, there's no reattaching it. Eddie Vasquez jumping in with a $2 super. Really appreciate that, Eddie. Eddie. And again, if you're on Twitter, make sure you reach out and uh, we'll connect with you, my friend. Hey, guys, thanks for being the highlight of my day. Very cool. Very cool to hear that. We really appreciate it. Trust us when we say, Eddie and all of our great listeners, you are the highlight of our day as well. Feeling is definitely mutual for sure. Speaking of MHH. Coming from way is. up in the clouds, MHH Mount Rushmore, Stu, Mick Pete jumping in ten dollars super. Really appreciate you, bro. You. He says, "I'd ask my airline to help if I could." What's he talking about? I don't know. Doesn't he work for an airline? Isn't he? yeah, uh, yeah he's airline? in that industry. Maybe it's something from the stream that I skipped over. But either way, looking for more hours, maybe or trying to work more. Right could be. Hope everything's going okay, Stu. We really appreciate you. <clears throat> As you know, maybe uh, just hit us up in the in the stream. We'll keep an eye out for context to what you're saying. If there's anything we can do to help, let us know, my friend. Sorry if we're misunderstanding your your uh, comment there, King Hicks. What's going on, brother? It's good to see you. Good to see you, King, Thank in the you. stream, my friend. Hope everything's going okay on that supply chain. Hashtag supply chain. Keep it going. Oh, uh, that's what he means, Chad. What? Sorry.
3: Should, oh, you can yes. use his airline to ship our we appreciate that for yeah. sure. We would take you up on
2: that if we could, Stu. Yes, we would. Yes, we would, my friend. I don't know. I've got a bunch of we, you know, speaking of child labor, I could just we could just turn the third party <laughs> into my basement and have my kids jump on this, you know, start manufacturing. But I might run into problems with my wife on that one. So yeah, just a just a little bit. Um FC Bairns, good to see you in the stream. All right, real quick want to grab a couple more here, and then I want to I want to talk about this uh, Drew Luck, Colin Cowherd thing. All right, Frankie, jumping wow, in. Frankie, and by the way, Frankie. really quick, Frankie, I thought that I had connected with you on Twitter. And the other day, I, uh, I think it was the last podcast. If it wasn't the last one, it was the one before. The last time you super chat uh, the show, I couldn't find you. I thought I had connected with you. So even if you're already following me or Zach or the show or Mile High Huddle, just do a quick at. Let us know. Who you are real quick. Hey, it's Frankie. And then we'll follow. And that way it won't be hard to find you ever again. But really appreciate it. very generous super chat, my friend. That's awesome. Thank you. Hey guys, hope all is well. So happy to see how much the show has grown. Gonna get some swagger from the stores. <laughs> very cool, man. We appreciate it. And it really has, dude. It's you know, we uh, plugged away on the podcast, as you guys know, for many years. I think the, the podcast started in 2016, right after Super Bowl 50. And then, what was it, Zach, January of 2019, we decided to go from being a two-times-a-week show, so bi-weekly to daily. Yeah. And by daily, we were doing it five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, between you and myself, Nick and Carl, building the Broncos, chipping in two on that schedule. And then we decided in the fall to start doing each and every podcast as a live stream. That coincided also with Eric and Lance wanting to start their own podcast, Dove Valley Deep Divers. And since that point forward, Zach, all I can say is that it has been an exponential growth in terms of listenership. We have between 600 to 1000 new listeners joining the show each and every week across all platforms, so none are more surprised than us. I mean, we yeah. you know, we think we're pretty cool, sure, you know. Look in the mirror and you're like, "Yeah, you're a cool dude." But we didn't expect it. We're this is so cool and we love you guys and appreciate you. Yeah.
3: And Frankie, I recognize you from the old Facebook live days of 24 seven. So our audience chat, yeah, sticking with us and hanging with us for the transition. And, uh, it has grown and we, we say it a lot. It's not a cliche. We're being sincere and being genuine. It wouldn't be this way without you guys. And we're completely appreciative for everything you guys do. So, you know, donating and, and commenting, interacting with
2: us. It means the world. Michaela jumping in with a $25, very wow. generous, super chat. We got it. Chad. Thank thank got you. the name down. That's right. Once once I once I got it down, I got it down, dude. That's right. Just like Ojemudia, I got that down. Still working <laughs> yeah. on Alberto. I'll get there. Uh, but Michaela, thank you so much. That's, she says it's really cool. Thank you. If, if we get Peters, who will be the starter, and will they do a type of rotation? Hmm. To Denver Broncos for life. So, as Zach said, on the surface, right now, it, you know the Broncos want it to seem like they're not interested in moving on Peters. Now, that could or couldn't be the truth. All we can go off of is the face value for now. But if that move were to be made, you're all of a sudden probably paying somewhere around 12 million for 2020, somewhere in that ballpark for Jason Peters to rent him for a year. Maybe it's a two-year deal, front-loaded. Whatever the case may be, I would think, Zach, especially in the wake of the team choosing not to extend uh, Garrett Bowles' fifth-year option, Jason Peters would immediately step in, be plugged in as the starting left tackle. That would be... My guess, if in fact this deal were made. And that's probably the reason why the
3: Broncos haven't signed him yet is he's looking for starters money. And I think the Broncos would want to bring that price down a bit. They wouldn't want to hand out $12, 14000000 million for a 38-year-old tackle. I would still sign him, though, if I could. I mean, even if in a worst-case scenario, he's the backup, you have a nine-time Pro Bowler as your backup tackle behind Garrett Bowles. There is no downside to it. The Broncos have the money. They can free up more money by cutting Jeff Hyreman right now. It's a no-brainer move for me, Chad, but obviously the Broncos moving on their own
2: uh, terms. Duke Rose jumping in with a $10 Super Chat. Thank you. Duke, every time we go to shout you out on Twitter, we type in your name, and I always look for you. I can't find you. So if you're on Twitter, make sure you reach out, my friend. We really appreciate you. Bonafide superstar here in the community. Passing on the love, big dogs. Can't wait for that Monday night game. Go Broncos. That's right. And it's, you know, it feels like it's quite a ways out from where we're sitting now. But let's see. May, June, June, July, July, August, August, September. So we're four months. Jeez, this camera. Four months. Let's let's rewind it. January, that was four months ago. It doesn't seem like four months ago. I mean, think about it. Broncos are hiring Pat Shermer. That whole whirlwind after firing Rich Scangarello seems like it was yesterday, but it was actually four months ago. So <clears throat> time can really fly. And with the things that are happening here, Zach, with the word that shall go unmentioned, maybe hopefully it doesn't slow any further, but it'll be here before we know it. I was going to say, with all this going on, I don't know
3: what day it is. I don't know what month it is, Chad, what week it is right now. I, I just know that we think it's far away. But before you know it, it's September. Of the, ga- the game's are ready to be played. And with or without fans, we're going to have football this fall.
2: And like you, I cannot wait for it.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
2: This is very moving to see this level of generosity and passion from our great community. And especially an OG like Eclipse,
0: who has been a. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies.
2: Long time listener of the show. Well before we started making it a daily streaming affair. And all I can tell you, Eclipse, is we really appreciate you, my friend. This this is not something that we take lightly or take for granted. And it's very meaningful to us. And it's good to have you back in the stream. We really appreciate it. He says, "Thank you, happy hump day, priests. I've been gone a while. Spent the last 10 weeks doing my service with the National Guard. Happy to be home and see you guys are healthy. I have some catching up to do. Peace and love from Philly. That's so cool. Thank you for your service, Eclipse. Seriously. Yep. Amen to that. Very, uh, very powerful. And you do have some catching up to do. and We'll help you. We'll help <clears> you <throat> catch up and get up to speed, my friend. That's right. But again, thank you. And welcome back. It's good to have you. That love, is. love, jumping in. Consistent. You, every single pod. We appreciate you, bro. Still not on Twitter, but that's okay. It's all good. All right. We've we've grabbed the superstars. I know there's a few in there still remaining. We'll get to. You, I promise. I wanted to get your thoughts, Zach, on something that. Let me find it here. Let me pull it up. I probably should have had this cued uh, from Colin Cowherd today, and I, it was a pretty long segment. I would play it. I don't know if we would have any copyright. You think if I played a Twitter card, we'd have copyright problems? I mean, I don't think so. You can try it. Let me uh bear with me one sec, you guys. Let me go find this real quick. Bear with me. Zach, if you want to grab a super or a couple comments, let me just track this down real Sure, quick.
3: yeah. I see uh Oscar
2: jumping in, four
3: ninety nine. Thank you so much, Oscar. We appreciate that. He goes, Hope you guys are doing well. It seems like the Broncos haven't added another cornerback because they are happy with what they have. Well, they used a third round pick on a corner. They resigned Devontae Bosby. They traded it for Boye. So After all those moves are finally satisfied, but Chad and I, and I think a lot of Broncos fans would be more comfortable having one more veteran in that secondary after losing Chris Harris Jr. Whether that was Prince or Logan Ryan or anybody else, I would feel more comfortable not having so much youth in that secondary. But you know what? Justin Simmons, veteran safety. Kareem Jackson, veteran safety. They have stability back there. They have great coaching. If they don't add anyone from here on out, I think they can get by. I don't share that opinion, though, with the offensive
2: line. That's a move they have to make, Chad. And it's worth mentioning, again, It's you kind of scratch your head a little bit, but Vic Fangio is, at this stage anyway, until proven otherwise, <clears throat> planning on relying on the youth of the cornerback depth chart, I guess. Uh, one or two guys, he's got two guys in mind, it sounds like, to take a step forward in 2020. So the Broncos are willing to roll the dice on letting a more proven guy like Prince of Mucamara sign with a, a division rival, Logan Ryan, I haven't really ever seen much substantial in terms of the Broncos really being tied to him, but it just doesn't seem like it's an urgent issue internally as it feels like it is outside the building. All right, let me uh let me set this up. I found it here. Bear with me one second. Let me see if it'll let me play it on the Nope, I got to go to the card. All right, bear with me. Here it is. Now I'm just going to pull it up. <sighs> I don't know, man. After 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 the Facebook jail that we got put in for uh Streaming the draft, I'm a little leery to to stream this. Maybe I'll just – you know what? I just don't want to make the same mistake, guys. I'm sorry to to keep you in the way. Let me just read this, okay? Long story short, here's what happened is, in each of the last two years, and this is something we've talked about quite a bit, Zach, on the podcast, a second-year quarterback has seemingly come out of nowhere to take the league by storm and win the MVP. 2018, it was Patrick Mahomes, 2019, of course, Lamar Jackson. And you can even go back to 2017 – With Carson Wentz, who was on pace to be the MVP of the league before he suffered that leg, that ACL injury, that was his second year as well. So a trend has been established. And, of course, on the herd, they had a great little segment today. You got six quarterbacks from last year entering 2020 as year two. Which of those six would be the number one candidate to be that year two come from kind of nowhere to win the MVP? And long story short, he picked – Drew Locke, and he listed a lot of the same reasons, Zach, that we've uh, talked quite a bit about on this podcast, from all the additions that were made in uh, free agency and especially in the draft to focusing on Noah Fant taking a big leap in year two, focusing on Cortland Sutton continuing to build Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, And he closed it with, this is the final remark. I'll just read this because it's a really long, tangent that he goes on. It's very interesting. Go to milehighhuddle.com to read the full story and listen to the whole clip. But here's what he said. Quote, my guess is that Drew Locke is going to explode for Denver this year. A young star tight end, a young star receiver, two receivers in the draft. I don't love their tackle situation. Bradley Chubb's back, a division in which they can win double digits. They can beat Kansas City at home. And a kid who got very, very little attention last year because – like a Patrick Mahomes, he just didn't play much, but he won as a rookie, but he won four out of five. I'm going to bet on Drew Locke. That is my bet. Close quote. Zach, your thoughts?
3: Among the quarterbacks that can that fit in that category, who have the, the supporting cast like Drew Locke? Chad? Maybe Kyler Murray. He has the Andre Hopkins, Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk, but he doesn't have the same running game. He doesn't have the same offensive line. I don't think the same coaching staff as well, veteran, you know, experienced quarterback, whisperer, and Pat Shermer, all the stars are aligning for Drew Locke. And as nice as as it is to get positive praise from the national media, I'm still not putting all my eggs in Colin Coward's baskets. I'm not doing cartwheels because Coward said this. It still has to come out. Locke has to take that leap. Shermer has to call the right plays. But we weren't getting these proclamations with Trevor Simeon, with Brock Osweiler, with Paxton Lynch, with Case Keenum. None of these guys were getting the national attention by Drew Locke is. And I'll say this, it's encouraging and it's, it's exciting to get this positive praise, but it doesn't mean anything until
2: the game starts Chad It's true. But here's what's, you know, there's a lot of hype with what he said, right? And you're, he's building expectations. It trickles into the fan base and everybody feels it and it raises excitement and it raises expectations. And as, as hype-filled as it is, Zach, what's crazy about what Colin Cowherd said there, even though it airs on the side of being a little out over the skis with hype, is that it's a lot closer to the truth on the ground than what many of the national perspective tropes have been on this team during the offseason. We've talked many times as well about national perspective for the most part. Cowherd's virtually one of maybe two or three exceptions to this rule, but the national perspective being downright negative, skeptical, um, just overlooking the Broncos. I mean, we talked about God bless them. We love Sports Illustrated. We are Sports Illustrated. The national guys in New York, they're not picking up what the Broncos are putting down. Even though they gave them an A-plus draft grade, they then deranked ranked them in the power rankings from where they were after the Super Bowl by two spots. So those type of perspectives, the more negative side, Zach, to me are more disconnected from reality than what Colin Cowherd is oh, saying yeah. here. Just strip away the hype a little bit the pieces he's talking about, even if Drew Locke doesn't come out in 2020 and win MVP or whatever, the pieces that he has in place, what the way the Broncos built around him, he's got a really good chance to have a, a really big, Year two, even if it doesn't end up as a Pro Bowl, even if he doesn't win MVP.
3: I agree with all that. Like I said, it's exciting and encouraging and it's refreshing to get the positive praise. But you know, when you compare that to someone like Nick Wright, who's making three and thirteen ridiculous <laughs> BS predictions. I'd rather though, as weird as it sounds, I'd rather the Broncos feed off that and at the end of the year when they're in the playoffs and their ten win teams, say, You know what, you counted us out to hell with you, than if they Nicolan the Cowards they can say, he'll say, I told you guys all along. He'll use that as a way to further his own brand. I I want to be about Denver and Drew Locke and the Broncos, their success, not Coward's own proclamations.
2: Again, guys, sorry for teasing you on that, drawing it out, going to play it and then decide. I just want to be safe and sorry. If we were just recording this as a podcast and uploading it to the RSS feed, I would just play the audio. But because it's a stream on YouTube and Facebook, I just don't want to get us in trouble. Mike Evans jumping in, $10 super chat. Thank you, Mike Really becoming a superstar. Thank you, Mike. Straight from the fan. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> we are a young team on offense. Who are the leaders when things get tough? Very interesting that you bring that up because our Luke Patterson had a story on this, I believe it was yesterday. Who are the leaders that, you know, they might not, as last year, for example, Vic Fangio kind of bucked tradition, did not name any season-long team captains, and instead went on a week-by-week basis and named game captains for all 16 games. If Fangio decides to go back on that, I doubt it. But either way, leaders that need to emerge – Obviously, Vaughn needs to continue doing what Vaughn does. On special teams, McManus needs to keep doing what he does, keeping everybody because he's the veteran holdover now. I mean, Sam Martin's a vet, the punter they signed. But he's the new guy on the block, Boban Moyer, and I forget the other long snapper they brought in to compete. You know, those guys are the low men on the totem pole. So McManus has to carry the torch on specials. Defense, it'll be interesting to see who else rises because Derek wolf has gone now. Chris Harris is gone. So I would think that Justin Simmons, Kareem yeah. Jackson – um, maybe Casey, we'll see offensively. It's Locke, It's Lindsay. It's Sutton. It's fan. Everyone's got to take a little bit of ownership here. Zach Reisner too, as
3: a second year player, he, he has that personality. He has that natural leadership, but as the quarterback of the offense, Chad, as it pertains to the offense, it's drew locks team. And I think him rapping on the bench and him having that chemistry with his teammates going four and one, he's already a leader, but I agree with you. Those players are central to the Bron- Broncos success in 2020.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Tell Joe Biden and left wing leaders across America, hands off our kids paid for by America First Legal.
2: Michael James, I try to watch on YouTube so I can donate to the cause, but couldn't figure out how to watch only listen through an app. If you can give me some pointers on how exactly to watch on YouTube, I'd love to donate. Well, first off, just understand, Michael, we don't expect you. We're never going to ask anyone to donate. And all of our great listeners who choose to do it have done so purely out of the kindness of their hearts and supporting us. And we appreciate it. The best thing we can ask you to do is just be here a part of it and share it and like the videos and all that. If you want to go to that length, you just go to YouTube and search mile high huddle, subscribe to mile high huddle on YouTube. And then you watch the video. You just, just like you're watching this stream live, when you're subscribed on YouTube, you click the notification bell so that when we go live, your phone, or even if you're on your browser on a laptop, it'll notify you. And then once in your you're in the stream, once there's there's an option, you can either do a regular comment or a super chat comment, and that's basically how it shakes out. But just don't feel like we're you don't have to do that. It's all good. We appreciate you just being here. R C J H yeah. D B for life. Good to see you. I don't recognize your name. He says longtime listener. Okay. Awesome. Just wanted to show you guys some love on here. That's a very generous way to show some love for the first time, my friend. We really appreciate you. He says, I jumped on YouTube just for that reason. Exactly what what Michael was asking there. Um, I typically watch on Facebook. I'm at BroncosFan1984 on Twitter, hashtag StateOfBeingInKansas. Very cool. We will connect after this show, my friend, and shout you out. And uh, we'll keep the conversation going. Zach, very cool to see Long-time listener, usually watches on Facebook, jumps, this is exactly what I mean, jumps over to YouTube just to show some some support, and it blows us away, dude. It's it's truly amazing, you know, to get these first-time listeners, and like Chad said, just
3: it's not fake, it's really the truth, just to get your guys' interaction, just to go back and forth with you, just to have the banter with you, that's all we want. And anything extra you guys want to do, it is so, so appreciated, but the first-time listeners we get, Chad, all around the world. Not just the country. It's literally Broncos world. And it's so exciting to see the show grow. And It wouldn't be anything without you guys again. So
2: thank you so much, everyone. Much love and respect, you guys. Yeah. Jeff Cohen, a longtime listener, a bonafide Super Chat superstar. Jumping in. Appreciate you, Jeff. I hope the secondary this year is on point. We did great in the end zone defense or red zone defense, but got burned a lot in passing plays. Locke takes the great leap forward this year. I agree that he's going to take a leap forward. It's just a, It's to me, it's a question of magnitude and how well he jives with Pat Shermer. Shermer's scheme is a very quarterback friendly scheme. Then you combine that with Mike Shula being a great quarterback and an experienced quarterbacks coach, all the weapons. I think he's going to take that leap. Only time will tell. But Zach, that is the one thing Fangio's scheme could hang its hat on last year. They struggled to consistently sack the quarterback, they struggled to uh, consistently take the ball away. That's going to change this year. But in the, in the red zone, they were the number one red zone defense in the NFL. Yeah, they're
3: going to do that all over the field this year, Chad. Gerald Casey putting pressure on the opposing quarterbacks and Bradley Chubb from the edge putting pressure on quarterbacks. Vaughn being more Vaughn-like. And uh, I'll say this about the secondary. I wasn't the biggest fan of uh, Amuji. Amu- Amu- I can't ever pronounce his name, Chad. Michael, say it all the time. Ojemudia. Ojemudia. I don't know why I have a brain mess up you, with that you get the entire secondary though you're talking about Kareem Jackson who had a breakout year Justin Simmons who is a pro bowler depending on if he made the game or not then you have A.J. Bouye who was was an all-pro a couple years ago you brought back Bosby you brought in Ojemudia I mean that's a pretty deep Callahan coming back if he even exists that's a pretty deep <laughs> secondary and if they play to their
2: collective talent they could be actually a strength of the team so I'm not too worried. Derek Green jumping in with a $5 super, becoming a superstar himself. Really appreciate you, bro. Thank you, Derek. Loving the pod. I was wondering what a great season would be for you guys just making the playoffs with a win over the Chiefs or a deep playoff run. You know, Zach, I would, I talked about this a couple of pods back, but just beating the Chiefs alone. Now, hold on, I'm not finished. <laughs> just beating the Chiefs alone. Would be to me probably on the same emotional level almost as winning the Super Bowl because it's just it's just been forever, dude. Nine meetings in a row they they've beaten the Broncos, but really a successful season is do the Broncos make the playoffs? To me, that's where you start on, and they don't have to win the division, but do they make the playoffs? If they get a win, great. You know the the true greats, the competitive legends like the John Elways and Peyton Manning's and Tom Brady's of the world. If they don't win the Super Bowl, they consider it a failed season. Like, yeah, we had a good season, but ultimately it's a failure. Only one team hoisted Lombardi. That's how they view it. I'm not quite that much of an absolutist, but then again, I'm not a professional athlete. So if they get to the playoffs, I think most Broncos fans would categorize that as a successful season. I was going to say, successful is so
3: subjective. To some, it would be Drew Locke taking that next step and cementing himself as the franchise quarterback. To others, it would be sweeping the Chiefs. To others, it would be having a winning record. To me, with such a, a proud franchise like the Broncos, who were five years ago, which is not that long, we're hosting the Lombardi Trophy. It, sh- it should be playoffs or bust, and that's the bare minimum, Chad. It can't be anything less than that. Uh, Pat Bowlen's standard still should be around. They should still be fighting to meet that standard, and nothing less than that. So nine and seven to me is the bare floor of the expectation for Denver. But successful in 2020, that's ten and six in a wild card
2: berth, and anything after that is the cherry on top. Boom, James jumping in from across the pond, big. Big-time member, not only of the community, but we we basically have James on staff. We need to just make that official at some point here soon, James. Yeah. And the way you help out on Facebook, how active you are here in the community on YouTube, really appreciate you, bro. I believe that's pounds, 24-pound donation. Appreciate you, bro. He yeah, says, Jason Peters would be an upgrade, but would want him on a two-year deal with a third-year option, like Whitworth's deal. Andrew Whitworth, who went from Cincy to the LA Rams. Build for 2021 and 2022. A one-year deal doesn't really move the needle much for me. Eli Apple would be the ticket at the veteran corner position. Your thoughts, Zach, on if you were to sign a 38-year-old Peters. Let me remind you, he's 38. There is a precedent now, an exception to every rule. You got Andrew Whitworth playing deep into his 30s at a really high level. Peters was a much more prolific player than Whitworth was before he ever went to the Rams. I mean, Whitworth had been to some Pro Bowls as a bangle, but Peters is a nine time Pro Bowler. Like he's already built arguably a hall of fame career. Yeah. Would you feel comfortable signing him to anything more than a one year? It's ultimately, though, not up to me or anybody else.
3: The only way I see Jason Peters signing a two-year deal is if he goes back to Philadelphia. I I feel like if he leaves the nest, figuratively and literally, he's going to want to sign a one-year prove-it deal, rehab his stock, go back on the open market, hopefully cash out next offseason. I wouldn't mind, though. I mean, at least you have – he's a very durable guy for the most part. He's 38 but in great shape. He put out a workout video through Adam Schefter the other day. I would not mind a two-year deal. Tackles can play into their 40s. They're not cornerbacks or wide receivers or running backs. They have a longer shelf life. And to protect against Garrett Bowles, protect against Juwan James, to me that's worth it. So I'm a big fan of Jason Peters. Three years ago, you're watching him on the field. He was the premier left tackle in the NFL. Broncos fans would have killed to have that guy and not Garrett Bowles or Donald Stevenson or League Watson. You would love to have him. I still love to have him. I would do it.
2: All right, let's do this together, okay? <laughs> we oh, got cool. it phonetically. It's one thing to have it phonetically. It's where is the emphasis? You know what I mean? Yeah. The wrong how, – how does that saying go? The wrong emphasis on the incorrect syllable or whatever it is. Anyway, I just botched that. Okuwebunum. Okuwebunum. I think that's it, right? Okuwebunum. Oku. Oku. Okuwebunum. Okuwebunum. I feel like we're Okuwebunum. disrespecting
3: his family's heritage, Chad, by just butchering his name uh, back God and God forth. God bless him. We're, we're doing our best. <laughs> Michael O.
2: Or Alberto. Excuse me. Alberto. Bobby jumping in. $10 super in Iowa. Appreciate it. you. I, I always cool. remember you're from Iowa because, of course, that's where Nick's at. Really appreciate that donation, Poppy. She, she says, Hi, guys. Thank you for all you do. It's so amazing to have a pod like this. You guys are the best. Love Broncos Country. That's- that means the world to us, Poppy. And it's been really cool to have you in our community these, you know, I would say probably the last month or so. And uh, we really appreciate you. Just epitomizing Broncos Country being the best. And that, that's our next slogan, Chad. Broncos Country is the best. Yes. We'll have something soon on the merch store that says, Something to that effect. That's just proves my point. Wow, Ron! Ron Dub is another OG that's been with wow. us a long time, long time listener. I can't think of a time Zach when he's been in the chat stream participating in the conversation and does not super chat. He shows that kind of support consistently and and this level of generosity it just blows us away, Ron. Yeah. We appreciate you, Thank bro, you so much. We got to get you, I guess, a face mask now, dude. We got to get you a little something. We sent you a shirt once, I know, but I think we got to get you a little something, something because it's the small things we can do, small ways that we can show you how much we appreciate you. And uh, that just means everything to us, Ron. Thank you, yeah. my friend. He says, Hey, I feel more comfortable about corner than tackle. It would make me sick to see a game winning drive in the works <laughs> yep. by a Bulls penalty any other options besides the ones mentioned and any on the practice squad that can be developed. Zach, last year the, the Broncos had um, Jake Rogers as a practice squad guy that they eventually called up, and he even got a start at right tackle. I want to say he started that last game. I could be wrong. Either way, he got some snaps, though, at right tackle for the Broncos. Then who's the other kid? Uh, who's the undrafted rookie that stuck on the on the PS last year? I just uh, drew a blank. Rodgers. Quinn I'm... Bailey. Quinn oh, Bailey. Sorry. You got Quinn Bailey. Uh, there's one more I'm missing. And then, of course, the Hunter Watts kid from Central Arkansas, who's six foot eight. So you okay. hope that Mike Munchak can find a way to make some kind of a hay with those guys, but you're right. In terms of depth, even though it's more unproven depth at, at corner, there's more bodies there than the Broncos currently have options wise at tackle. God, though, I mean, do you trust Hunter Watts on Drew Locke's blind side? Do you trust
3: Jake Rogers, Elijah Wilkinson? Why are the Broncos playing around? They're one hangnail or one bowl's meltdown away from having to insert those guys to protect your to protect franchise quarterback. It makes no sense to me. Ron, you and I share a brand a lot. I, I am a little more comfortable at, about cornerback than I am offensive tackle. I've been pounding the table for Jason Peters since February, and that's why I'm encouraged at least the Broncos are reaching out. They have to get a veteran tackle in the building. To answer your question, though, it doesn't have to be Peters. At this point, I don't care who it is, Chad. Cordy Glenn, Kelvin Beecham, if they want to trade for a veteran, they just have to supplement the tackle position and not rely on Elijah Wilkinson. It is a disaster waiting to happen that has already happened last year.
2: Hey, Real quick, can you, in your stream, you grabbed Oscar. Yeah. Do you still have access to Brent's Super Chat? See okay. if you can grab him. If not, I'll scroll up. I'm doing it... Uh, I'm reverse engineering it. But as far as other options, though, too, Ron, besides Jason Peters, Kelvin Beecham is out there. I can't He's get a possibility. He's a ex-Munchak acolyte in Pittsburgh. I mean, either one of those. I, I would prefer Peters even at his age and even at the fact that he would cost some coin, but at least Beecham has a little uh, experience with Munch. Any, any luck? I, I can't get but it, I, yeah. Okay. No worries. I'll grab it like this. Brent, we really appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Unfortunately, the chat stream locked us out of being able to go back up and grab your super, so I grabbed it from our YouTube analytics. Really appreciate that donation. He says, did you hear Vaughn working with Demarcus Walker in the offseason? He is thinking he will be really good. Uh, That's that's the Vaughn bump that he gives to every player every year. Yeah, and, you know, Zach and I have been – I think two of the most optimistic about DeMarcus Walker since the Broncos drafted him, you know, we've kind of stuck by him, but we can't, the one thing I think we've realized here is we can't dismiss now that two consecutive, two, I should say, two different coaching staffs have landed him in the doghouse for one reason or another. And and so there is a common denominator and it's him. And so you have to wonder what is happening behind closed doors that rubs these coaches the wrong way because as we talk about Zach when he's on the field last year especially when he's on the field dude he makes plays like always. he's around the ball you know he's not a great run defender but he's always at the ball and he finds a way to make an impact and yet the coaches they're willing to sacrifice that and forsake it to make a point because of whatever else he's doing behind the scenes isn't worth it to him
3: yeah, I I got to think, you know, they drafted J- Draymond Jones in the third round. They traded for Jarrell Casey. they And they signed Christian Covington at the last minute as well. They cannot be that high on Demarcus Walker. And I think, Chad, we like him a lot more than the Broncos like Demarcus Walker. Vaughn is going to be Vaughn. He said the same thing about Keenum, Flacco, everyone who comes across his path. He's just a great teammate, but it's up yep. to Marcus Walker to get on the field and consistently prove he belongs there. I happen to think, like Chad said, he is always making plays. If not sacking their quarterback, then pressuring their quarterback, chasing down a ball carrier, doing something to impact a play. I want to see more from him in a Vic Fangio system. I don't know, though. He's on extremely thin ice. If he slips and Covington catches up, he might find himself on the
2: unemployment line. I mean, he's also one of... A very short list of Broncos that are still on the roster or ever who have sacked Patrick Mahomes. He sacked Patrick oh, Mahomes good point. Point. in uh, that one game that Mahomes started as a rookie in 2017. Both he and Walker were rookies, got a sack. The talent is there. Something between the years just isn't adding up for him. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's a hint at his if you take <laughs> a look you at imagine? his Twitter handle. Maybe there's a hint there, living legend, you know, like maybe he thinks more of him, himself, and maybe there's a sense of entitlement. That's just me speculating. I'm not trying to say anything. But we're here hoping that, you know, because you also have to factor in McTelvin Ajean, the third round pick. Right. Good and, point. You know, for example, Eric Trickle had a great article today. You guys go to mileshundle.com and read it. It's a film breakdown of McTelvin Ajim. We knew that he brought pass rushing prowess from the interior. Eric examined what he brings to the table as a run defender, and suffice to say, there's a lot more good there than initially met the eye. Uh, Jay jumping in, and Jay, sorry we couldn't see <laughs> your super chat card, but that's funny. We really appreciate your donation. Yeah, thank I'm you, Jack. Like the Jim Rome of the show, Bob. <laughs> amen to I've- that, dude.
3: I've been called worse. I actually been compared to Nick Wright before on the show. And looking back on it in hindsight, that wasn't a compliment. So I appreciate it. I don't even know who Nick Wright is. Like before that tweet came up, I didn't even know who he is. He's some talking head for FS1. Okay.
2: All the rest of them. Dion on YouTube. Do you think that if they decide not to put fans in the stands, that maybe they'll make us pay to watch the games to make up for the loss of revenue? No. I, I don't. I think they would just take the L. On that, and just say, look, we we have to keep the, the league is is at a, at risk of losing even more revenue long term if we don't have a season. So let's just take the L, roll the dice. But I think in most NFL cities, this is just my own, you know, licking your finger, putting it in the air to see which way the wind's blowing. This is just my own read of this situation. I think most NFL cities. We'll be able to put fans in the stands by the time the regular season rolls around. And even the ones that maybe aren't ready for that, like the Californias, the New Yorks of the world, those are the ones that might end up being games played without fans in the stands. And if that happens, I think the NFL will just accept it.
3: I actually also just ran, and don't quote me on this, it's not my area of expertise, but the NFL reached a settlement package with all 32 teams. I think it was $150 million to make up for lost revenue throughout the season if they had to go without fans. So the NFL is a business first, and they're going to protect themselves. They're going to lose some money, but they'll be okay in the end. Kevin
2: P. jumping in, one of our Super Chat superstars with a $5 super. Thank you. Kevin. Appreciate you, Kev. Great show, guys. Thanks for all your hard research and work. Hashtag Florida strong. Speaking of Florida, the governor there made it clear and announced to all sports teams that Florida is open for business. If, if you have a city or a league that's struggling to find a place to play, they'll take you in Florida. So it wouldn't surprise me, Zach, especially on the NBA side of things, if they ended up, um, you know, like having almost like a tournament type format where teams fly in, they each stay in separate hotels like Disney or Orlando, somewhere like that, where there's a lot of hospitality and there's facilities for the games and do their thing. Like you just rotate in teams playing on the same court, multiple games every day in a worst case scenario.
3: Arizona, too, they opened up pro sports leagues, and uh, there could be a gathering of professional leagues there to have some tournament for the NBA season, maybe the MLB season, maybe the NFL in a worst case scenario. Slowly but surely, some states, and not to make it political, but more red states than blue states are opening up now, and it provides encouragement for having
2: sports this summer and this fall. Dave Coleman jumping in with a $10 super. Thank Thank you, you, Dave. Dave. Make sure you reach out if you're on Twitter. That goes to all of our superstars on Super Chat. Please reach out. Let us know. We'll connect. Really appreciate it. He says, have we decided on the backup quarterback yet? Peace and love from Georgia. All signs point, of course, to that being uh, Jeff. What's it? I just have a Driscoll. Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Thank you. The Broncos don't appear to be looking to add anything, uh, anyone else to a quarterback other than they brought in Riley Neal, the undrafted rookie from Vanderbilt. So it's shaping up, like if they had to play football tomorrow, my guess would be QB1 lock, QB2 Driscoll, QB3 ripping on the practice squad. And if yep. there were an injury, then you promote him as one of those temporary two roster spots you can, you can promote from the practice squad temporarily. That's where the whole 53 to 55 thing comes into play. We don't need to bog down the, the pot on that subject, but, but yeah, it's, it's going to be Driscoll.
3: And as we said on previous pods, we love the fact that Broncos committed fully to having Drew Locke as their franchise quarterback, not putting a Joe Flacco behind him or a Case Keenum behind him, just a a nondescript backup who can come in in a worst case scenario and maybe keep the Broncos afloat.
2: Dennis jumping in with a $5 super really good to see you. And thank you so much, Dennis. Any word from the politicians about fans in the stadium for games? Michigan's governor says to expect games played without fans in the seats. Michigan, Michigan State, Detroit Lions, et cetera. That's one of the things, you know, love it or hate it about federalism is every state is basically its own country, has its own decision-making process, its own power. And so you don't envy leagues who would then have to try and figure out how to, you know, survive and operate under the strictures of all these different states. But again, if it ends up being like that, I would take all day long, Zach, Games being played, regardless of the sport, without fans in the stand than what we've experienced since basically the beginning of April of no sports. The UFC, golf's going to be coming back. NASCAR's coming back soon. I think the NBA is going to be coming back soon in some form or another. Life just isn't the same, dude, without sports. It sucks, and I think that's going to be fixed here soon, even in a worst-case scenario without fans in the stands. The only
3: time in my life I can remember there not being sports was after 9-11. And that was only a week or 10 days or whatever it was. Two months now, it's like, just give me sports in any capacity. Fans, no fans, reduced fans, neutral locations, I don't care. Just give me football, give me sports. But it goes back to what I was saying. Michigan is is kind of, it's a little reactionary. I think a little premature on May 13th to say they're not going to have fans in the fall. But it goes back to red and blue. And that's a
2: staunch blue state, Chad. Yeah. Infer from that what you will, but that's just the way the the wind is blowing. Red states have been a lot more inclined to open up sooner than the blues. That's just the way it is. All right. King Hicks jumping in $5 super. Really appreciate you, my friend. He says, just want to show my MHH family some love. We have the best fans in the league. Amen. And it shows. Thanks everybody for tuning in and being part of this community. See that? I mean, taking ownership in the community, encouraging others. I mean, that's why this thing is, honestly, podcast for the people, by the people. We appreciate you guys, and thank you, King Hicks. And we talk about it, chat off air all the
3: time, that it's not just Broncos fans converging for us. They talk about, amongst themselves, in the in the comment stream chat, in the, in, the sat, in the chat and sidebar, they talk about, how's your day going? What's up? Good to see you. It's a little family we have here on the Huddle Up podcast, and it's so heartwarming and
2: encouraging to see every single day. Amen to that. Fronty PRO says, Hey, why does everybody make it seem like Drew Locke won all four of five games by himself? The Broncos went four and one with good defense that stepped up at the end of the season. But. Exactly. But do your thing, dude.
3: They had that same defense with Joe Flacco and Brandon Allen. It was the quarterback lifting everyone around him. It's the same reason Devontae Booker started stepping up. Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick, everyone who was lagging on offense suddenly became better with Drew Locke in the picture. It wasn't just Drew Locke, but the team goes, any team goes, as the quarterback goes. And that's why, for the most part, Chad, they went 4-1.
2: I mean, just look at the fact that Garrett Bowles relinquished one sack from week That's thirteen on. Exactly, that shows you what kind of impact Drew Locke had on this team. Just in one little microcosm, he is you know the right quarterback. No one, no one's here sitting on the, in our show anywhere at Mile High Huddle saying the Broncos went four and one purely on the talent and shoulders of Drew Locke alone. It does take a village. It's one of the reasons why football is, in our opinion, the best sport ever created because it takes 11 guys, you know, at a time performing in unison and the, and the violence of it and the strategy of it, it all makes up for what is the best game. And so it's not just the quarterback, but Zach, when you find the right quarterback, look at what Peyton Manning did eight and eight with Tim Tebow in 2011. You get Peyton in there. What was it? 12 and four, or, or was 13 and three. I think it was 13 and three in 2012. Yeah. Cause they, 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 might've been for either way. They are the, the tide that raises all ships. And for you, yeah. for anyone to say that they didn't notice a marked change in the Broncos for the better when drew lock was inserted, I think you are just Bias. being blind, dude. You're, you're either have an agenda that you're trying to push, or maybe you didn't like lock in the draft, or maybe you said, all oh, the Broncos are going to regret drafting and lock. I like, give him his credit, dude, give him his credit. Uh Ben, we think it's trash, my friend. It's, it's trash, obviously. It's uh, it's <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> actually, than the it's Adam Rank. Of- because you know Nick Wright's prediction is poisoned with the bias of AFC West rivalry. But thank you for the donation, Ben. You know we appreciate you, bro.
3: Yeah, there's nothing more to say about it. I think he's doing it to get I don't even know if it's for clicks or for ratings. I think he truly feels the Broncos will be a 3-13 and team. And just like Adam Rank last year, they have no clue what they're talking about. It's ignorance. It's lazy analysis. It's trash. I don't want to even give it more energy or breath in that, Chad. Amen.
2: Ian jumping in with the $5 Super. Appreciate Thank you, Ian. Ian. You guys are the best. Thank you for your streams. Here's a little something for you guys. Oh, hey, man. That's awesome, Ian. Thank we you. We appreciate it, dude. That, that means a lot to us, my friend. All right, we're getting up against it. We're at 53 minutes, so let's grab all of our great superstars before we bounce on out. Zach, great. hope everything's going good with your web design, my friend. Really appreciate your donation, one of our superstars. I'm making a true prediction. And by the way, Zach, really dug the picture that you sent us. I can't remember if it was your hoodie you got or a hat. Might have been both, but... Send If you can, when you get time, I understand you're probably busy and dudes don't like taking selfies of themselves. I get it. But when you get some time, send me a selfie that's not a vertical selfie so that so it's like this. That way I can share it on social media. That's the only reason I couldn't share that one on social media because it, it was a vertical one and it was hard to size it. So just FYI. He says, I'm making a true prediction. We go 11 and 4, probably mean 12 and 4 or 11 and 5. Scoring 28 to 35 points per game, the defense will be better than 2015 top five. You know, the thing about that 2015 defense, Zach, is it was really good all year long, played well in crunch time, 52 sacks, if I'm not mistaken, leading the league that year in sacks. But they didn't really hit their stride till the playoffs. That's when they became a next level unit.
3: Yeah, I can absolutely see the Broncos being a top five defense. I can even see in a truly best case scenario, the Broncos going 11 and five, or I don't know if he meant 12 and four. I can see them getting in the double digit range, but 35 points per game. That's a little too optimistic, even for one of the biggest true lock fans on the planet. There's only one team in the NFL last year, the Ravens, who eclipsed 30 points per game. The Chiefs were, I think, 28 and change. It's a hard mark to reach. If the Broncos can just add a touchdown to their total, Chad, from 17 to 24, they're going to win more games on that basis alone. I would look for 25, 26 points per game, not really
2: hold your breath on 35. That's right, 17 points they scored last year on average. I am I think adding a touchdown on top of that at, at minimum is yeah. within the realm of the feasible. Let's grab Guillermo here jumping in with a $5 Super. Wow. Appreciate Thank that. you, Guillermo. Hey, guys, I've been a huge fan since right after the season ended. Diehard Broncos fan. Keep up the great work. Thank you for all that you do. By the way, he's saying he's been a huge fan of the show, not a huge fan of the Broncos. (laughs) Really appreciate that, Guillermo. And uh, you keep showing up, and we're going to keep bringing the content, Doc. And if you have a question, drop it in, and we'll get to it. Yep. And I am going to just do a quick peek to make sure we didn't skip anybody from in between the last one. From Zach and to Guillermo, because it did one of those jumps. Bear with me one second, guys. Um, Zach to – get no, we're right on schedule. Awesome. Love it when that happens. Okay. Where are we at? 55 minutes. Let's grab Justin. Justin Jarvis. Thank you. A.K.A. JJ, A.K.A. Double J-Bone. $10 $10 super. Appreciate that, brother. Yeah, thank you. Who do you think will have the better year between Jerry Judy, another double J-bone, with Locke, Shermer, and Henry Ruggs? Let me start over. Who do you think will have the better year between Jerry Judy with Locke and Shermer and Henry Ruggs with Carr and Olson, Statistically and game impact. Hashtag in we trust. You know, I honestly, it'd be easier to just give the nod to the Raiders in this because Derek Carr is the more established quarterback for what it's worth don't read anything into that but I honestly think seriously Zach I think Jerry Judy's going to have a massive rookie year yeah and by massive I'm talking like Eddie Royal 2008 level rookie year where he's not blowing the league down you know but Eddie Royal as a rookie caught something like 90 balls just under a thousand yards and I think it's something like that you're going to see from from Jerry Judy meanwhile The the Raiders still haven't really quite gotten their you-know-what together offensively under Gruden. They show spurts and signs, and then they regress. and I'm taking, in this sense, Zach, I'm going to take the Broncos trio, and you can chalk it up to orange-colored glasses, but I really think that there's more truth to that.
3: It's the same thing I said in my pre-draft analysis. Ruggs has the higher ceiling whereas Judy has the higher floor. So Ruggs is going to have games where he goes up for 150 yards and two touchdowns and eight catches and he's going to have games where he's held to one catch for five yards and no touchdowns. But Jerry Judy, I believe, will consistently have 70, 80, 90, 100 yards per game. Just like Chad said, a little under 1,000 yards, maybe eight touchdowns or so. He's going to have a bigger overall impact and the Broncos are going to be a better overall team than the Raiders. That's all I care about. I don't care about individual. I care about the the name on the front of the jersey not the name on the back of it
2: for what it's worth the over under on jerry judy for yards as a rookie is 8 24 and a half i took the over <clears throat> i still think he's going to be in like the 900s a lot of mouths to feed on that offense this year and it does have to come out on the wash as zach's saying but I'll, i'm taking it eddie jumping in five dollars super appreciate you eddie again it. uh really means a lot to us dude he says one third of the season passes before we play anyone in the division. Week seven, I think, is the first one against the Chiefs. This can be an advantage if we really attack the first six weeks and then focus on sweeping the Chiefs. It's interesting you say that, Eddie, because one thing that John Elway emphasized, and again, thank you for the donation again, my friend, um, emphasized in his conversation with Broncos TV about the schedule, kind of his observations is, Last year we got out to an 0 4 start. We ended up going uh two and six in the first two quarters of the season and it derailed the entire didn't matter how well Drew Locke and Company did down the stretch because the beginning of the season tanked any hope that the team had of turning the ship around. He wants the Broncos and expects the Broncos this year, Zach, to get out to a hot start. So that kind of speaks to what he's saying there. If they can get out to a hot start going into week seven, you know, if they can have if they can be four and two going into that game or or better, at worst, 3-3, and they've got something cooking.
3: Yeah, the first six games, there's a lot of winnable opponents in there, and uh, if they beat the teams they should beat, like the Dolphins, it it sets them up for the second half of the season. But I will say again, I don't want to sweep the chiefs to be the season goal for the Broncos. It's not their super bowl. They have to beat other teams on their schedule. If they sweep them great, but they can split with them and still make the playoffs. That is the ultimate goal for Denver, not to beat Kansas city or topple Kansas city for short-term benefit. It's a long-term sustainability with drew lock as your starting quarterback. So the playoffs to me are more important than sweeping the chiefs. It'd be nice, but it's a secondary perk, not the primary objective. That's
2: Justin, incredible. dude, that's phenomenal. Like it, Seriously, just renders me speechless, dude. I it, It's hard for me to wrap my brain around love, dude. It's unbelievable. We really appreciate you, my friend. Um, hope you know that. We'll be shouting you out on Twitter here very soon. Thank you. That's all we can say. Absolutely. Zach's right. It's been a playoffs or bust culture since the late 80s, and personally, I won't be satisfied until they make it out of the divisional round. Maybe not 2020, but true fans should be stoked – for 2021. Hashtag let it breathe. Hashtag Arizona fan. Hashtag still waiting for Zach to come at me on Twitter.
0: <laughs>
3: what does hey, that dude. mean, Justin? You want to get into a Twitter beef? Is that what you want? Or
2: do you want me to follow you back? Or what's what's up? He wants the beef. I know I'm following him back. It took me a minute, but I finally figured out because I was I was looking for the wrong things when I was searching you on Twitter. But now I know we're connected. So yeah, maybe uh maybe maybe follow him back and and yeah, keep in, them in in the manger. Thank you so much though, Justin. Seriously, like Chad said, it's it's remarkable. We, we so much appreciate it. So generous, dude. Thank you. Um Eddie jumping in, two dollars super okay oh, Bunam. Oh, nam. Okay, so oh, it's kind quay of a qu- qu- oh, quay Don't want to beat the horse. Okay. Good to I'd rather be corrected now than get down the road and look a fool. Um Derek jumping back in as well. Thanks, my thank brother. You, Derek. He says, thanks for the insight with my question. Can you guys say hi to my wife, Adiana? Did we pronounce that correct? Adiana? She loves the pod as much as I do. Thanks. Good goodness. I hope I didn't butcher your wife's name as we then try to give her a shout out. Yeah. What's up to Adiana? You have a really cool and passionate husband, and uh, we appreciate both of you for, for supporting the cause and listening to these podcasts. So yeah. much love. Thank you, Derek. Appreciate you. And if I got the name wrong of your awesome wife, please forgive us. Um, All right. Let's see here, guys. We're over the one hour mark. So I got to, goodness gracious. Here's Christy jumping (laughs) in top rope. The queen. Queen of MHH from all the way up on uh, the Mount Rushmore. Really appreciate it. And of course, Christy's supers always have an associated symbolism. (laughs) right 58 and today of course vaughn with the the demarcus walker thing and then also he opened up about what some of his symptoms were with the bug that she'll go unnamed on this podcast and uh, i think we'll have a story on that issue vaughn and his symptoms and whatnot at milehighhuddle.com soon but you can also google it there are other stories out there but vaughn is the is the man and uh, zach as you like to say christy is the queen That's right. We, we, again, there's no words to describe how
3: appreciative we are. And we're, we're truly humbled by it. Thank you, Christy. And thank you so much uh, to everyone out there.
2: Eclipse jumping in again, you know, you don't have to do that. My brother, he says, I ordered my first shirt today and noticed nothing for children. I wanted to get something for my daughters. Can we get some kid options? Thanks. Hey, that's a, that's a fair point. We've kind of overlooked that. That's the first time it even occurred to me, Zach. So yeah, yeah, that's absolutely something we can look at. And thank you for uh, patronizing the, the merch store, my friend. And uh, hopefully that gets to you ASAP. And I I think it will give it a couple of days to ship and then it's just the road time to you. Dr. Strange love jumping in $10 super. Thank 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 you. you. And if you're on Twitter, reach out. Thanks for getting us through this whole global calamity. Who's your guys X factor for who steps up and balls out off the bench when someone gets hurt or gets benched this year. So who's kind of a dark horse for you that maybe is a little overlooked?
3: I don't know about Philip Lindsay being a dark horse, but Melvin Gordon when he disappoints this year, doesn't live up to his contract. I think Lindsay will will pass him up on the depth chart. I don't really have another off the top of my head chat. Maybe Bosby in that secondary,
2: maybe playing over Callahan or uh, Ojemudia. Ojemudia. That's a good one. I do think Ojemudia is going to end up as the sleeper to win one of those two starting jobs, well, one of the jobs across from Bouye, Bosby's a good a good selection there. I would maybe throw out the seventh rounder Derek Tuska. I know he's got to make the mm. roster first as a guy that surprises some people and, and finds a way to make an impact. Sternod. Sternod. I wouldn't be surprised. Yes, Sternad, team. Been- um. To Marcus Walker,
3: I'm going to throw it out there. You know what? I'm still a fan. I'm going to I'm going to die on that hill. I, I think he'll have a solid season
2: this year if he's on the team. We'll both die on the hill. We'll be like the battle of wounded knee. <laughs> All right, Dave D and Callie jumping in $5 super. It's good to see you, you, bro. Dude. Thanks for the for the super. He says go Broncos, beat the Chiefs, Raiders and Chargers. No, not a typo. Okay, baby, 6-0 in the division. It'd be Cool to see that happen, although it hasn't happened since Peyton was slinging the rock. Um, But thank you, my friend, Dave, and we love the optimism, dog.
3: I think four and two is definitely possible, Chad. I think that's going to be what they finish in in the West.
2: In a general sense, my friend. In a general sense, am, am I comparing Manning to Luck in that they're both quarterbacks? They're both the most important position on the field, both evidently and obviously when they entered the equation as Broncos elevated the game of the players around them. And in those uh, senses, I can absolutely and will absolutely compare Drew Locke to Peyton Manning. Christian jumping in, $5 super. Appreciate you, bro. We'll be tagging you on Twitter after this, as you know. A little off topic, but when do you expect Brittany Boland to be named owner? I don't know. I still don't see any end in sight with that. I think the trial that's uh, currently set – for September, and I don't know if that might end up even getting pushed farther because of the word that she'll go unmentioned. Not any time in the near future. Maybe it's probably going to be post Elway, yeah. uh, 2021, when Elway's contract runs out. Maybe somewhere shortly thereafter. Hard to, its impossible to say right now. Right. I see somewhere in the middle of the, of
3: the decade here, 2025 or so 2024, it's going to be a drawn out process. There will be lawyers. It's it's not going to be an easy transition from Pat Bowling to a successor. It's going to be a while.
2: All right, guys, we do have to get going here. And before we sign off for tonight, I want you guys to keep in mind that if we did not get to your question or your comment tomorrow night is the mile high mailbag and no holds barred. We'll take as many and get to as many questions as we possibly can. So if we didn't get to you tonight, circle back and we will do everything we can to knock you down, knock down your question. I guess is the better way tomorrow. I I promise you on that. Uh, last one here, guys. Then we gotta we gotta bounce out from Jeff C jumping back in. Two dollars super. Tribis, I heard that Patriots. True. That's news to me. Did did yeah. that break since we've been live? I haven't heard that. It,
3: it would fit Belichick's, you know, M.O., though.
2: Let me Google it.
3: But <laughs> Trubisky, I, I was never a fan of his. And even if he goes to New England, even with Josh McDaniels, I, I don't see it.
2: Him being Nothing, a franchise guy. Nothing's jumping out on uh, Google on that topic. So, Jeff, we'll have to put a pin in that one, my friend, and uh, circle back another time and see if there was some there there. All right. Let me just one last pass through. Here, Here's what what Dylan's saying here, big time member of our community. Locke has the work ethic swag, and swagger to lead this team. Can't wait for him to take control and grow with this young offense. Amen to that. It's going to be fun to see how it all shakes out. Buona B's reminding everybody and thanking everybody for coming in. Leave a like and subscribe. Whatever platform you're watching this, make sure you like the video. If you're on YouTube especially, make sure you're also subscribing about 35% of our listening audience that views these live streams daily are not subscribed to the channel. So make sure you subscribe and get the benefits of being a subscriber, like getting notifications and all that other stuff. Remember to head to milehighhuddle.com, you guys, to connect with all of the MHH staff. We are always on, hanging out, ready to talk. We'll keep the conversation going. And, yes, we look forward to and relish the opportunity to take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag tomorrow because, Zach, we are Broncos Country's football priests. That's right, and it's our favorite pod of the week, Chad. It really is. But, guys, we uh, we got to get out of here for tonight. We will be back tomorrow, 6.15 Mountain, 8.15 Eastern, for the final Huddle Up podcast of the week. A couple of quick reminders real quick. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod. If you are one of our superstars, make sure you also connect with us so that we can keep the conversation going there and shout you out and show you some love, all that stuff. Also, make sure you're following at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Big thanks to each and every one of you for joining us tonight. And uh, who was the fellow that we had to go back and forth on a little bit? Fronty. Fronty, it's, it's you know, no no hard feelings at all, man. We just disagree on the impetus for that 4-1 and one finish. We really appreciate you being here. A Mile High salute to all of our Super Chat superstars. You know who you are. We will be shouting you out on Twitter after the fact. Zach, have a great night, dude. We'll talk again tomorrow night. You as well. See you guys tomorrow night for the mailbag. All right, guys. For Zach, I'm Chad. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the
0: conversation going.